Blog Talk Radio. All right, I would say welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show inside slant for week eight. But Rick, the Redskins and the Bengals already in a barn burner, so no one in their right mind's listening. Yeah, most likely, and nobody in their right mind that listen to us anyway. Well, that's a good point. But anyway, Baltimore, Miami, New York Giants, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, tons of fantasy implications, and there's a lot of weird questions coming in this week oh yeah you know you got questions this week is anybody of value is not playing or has already played so join the show uh, let's try that again at asylum football on twitter asylum football at gmail.com still time to get your questions in yes indeed and uh i tell you what you have got a good game going right now with uh cincinnati washington and for all the people out there that um maybe made a move to get rid of uh, Blake Bortles and, you know, just tired of the mediocrity from this uh, offense. We're, we're, we're going to hear about this review for two no, weeks. I mean, I, no, I mean, you know, my condolences, because I tell you what, I mean, just like you said, we were texting back and forth after that game. I mean, the team is despicable. <laughs> and, yeah, you got a few fantasy points at the end, but I tell you what, do you want to trust Blake Bortles going forward? I mean, this team is horrifying. Oh, I, I – and, and full disclosure, boy, I was wrong about Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, we 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 weren't alone. I was right in lockstep with you. Yeah, I, I heard a fun rumor. I don't know if this is the show for it. We'll get into deeper Wednesday, Rick. But as you peruse around the web, there is a lot of talk, a lot of talk, just among fans and among people, that Blake Bortles is the Johnny Manziel of Jacksonville. So maybe there's something in that. Basically he's an old drunkard and he's partying hard and enjoying what little bit of fame that good year last year brought him. So maybe the problem's there, but of course, as teams do when a head coach is about to get fired, he fires his offensive coordinator to make him unfireable at least until the end of the year. So maybe we'll see some, some big changes there. Yeah. You never know. It's just such an underperforming squad when you have, Guys like Hearns and Robinson and and Ivory and Yeldon and, and even Julius Thomas, and this is what you get. You're down twenty seven nothing before you can look over your shoulder and realize the other team's basically just playing prevent. Oh, let's pad my stats. Right. Well, that's what he did, and it was very nice for if anybody still had the guts to be playing Blake Bortles. I don't think there was many. No, so while you as a modern owner. day Tony Romo from years past, I mean a great <laughs> fantasy. He's not even been a great no, fantasy. No, quarterback. he hasn't. He Romo has. has always been a good fantasy quarterback. Just when they when they he got has. into the playoffs, he yeah. was terrible. He hasn't been a good NFL quarterback. He's been a great fantasy quarterback. You know, in in my last takeaway from that, and we'll we'll get into the business at hand today. I think we've got time today with <laughs> with everybody watching the game, but. I've started to wonder, you know, for all my predictions and kvetching and predictions of resurgence when it came to Allen Robinson, this is really the first time I sat down and watched a Jacksonville Jaguars game that wasn't highlights on the red zone, right? Right. 
he had 15 targets. And this has happened a few times in the last several weeks. And you start to think, all right, there's, there's a problem with Allen Robinson. Too. Oh, no. Th- these balls are not getting anywhere near Allen Robinson. I mean, he doesn't have a chance on any of those. Even the last one that gave him six for 70 that got him at least in double-digit fantasy points for the week in a PPR he climbed the ladder to the point I didn't know a human being could jump that high. Brought it down one hand, it got both feet. It was an amazing catch. So Blake Burles just isn't getting the ball anywhere near this cat. No, you're right. And uh, before we go any further, full disclosure, I did take Cincinnati 30, Washington 24. Well, let me look However, I'm a little what... dubious on that pick, but I just, I don't know. It, I, I guess I just haven't convinced myself yet that they're as bad as what they seem to be yeah. this year, but I'm I'm going with Cincinnati this this week. I'm flipping through my game picks. I can't even remember. I did. I took Cincinnati 27-24, so only a tie game, but what what surprised me, Washington really moving the ball is, is we got Jamison Crowder just running free out there. Oh, Pierre Garçon. I'm sorry, not Jamison Crowder. I wouldn't have well, been a good play-by-play Obviously, guy. being a dedicated asylumite, he did not like get receiving you, stinky soft You called week. him out. You yes, called I him did. out on Thursday. Just Big let him, let him have it. So, maybe you woke him up a little bit. But, yeah, this Cincinnati defense is what's surprising to me, how bad they've been. So, this could be an up-and-down affair, a shootout, which makes it more and more unlikely that anybody listens to us. So let's get into it, Rick, 646-668-8488, if you want to be a part of the show. Rick, I know you've been waiting for this all year. Josh McCown back for the Browns, going to start for the Jets. <laughs> the carousel, you got to feel bad for you got to feel bad for this Browns team, although this is well, fortunately, probably your best quarterback anyhow. Oh, he's definitely the best quarterback, and fortunately for the Browns, they have uh, this week still kind of goes under the radar because the Indians are about to clinch the World Series, so the attention's not on the Browns yeah. right now. They have one more week of, uh, you know, Nobody less, less vitriol. But, but the Cavs have started, too. I think you, in Cleveland, if you find any team that can give you a championship, you just roll with them, and the Browns just become invisible over there. Yeah, for exactly. Us, right no over there, over and up. I guess they are. Yeah, right? But no, I think he's actually going. McCown's definitely the best choice in Cleveland. Barney Jonas could probably benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. There was a and, rapport with uh, with those guys. Terrell Pryor has a not a good, but a real NFL quarterback now thrown on the ball could mean big things for him and, and Isaiah Crowell and everybody. This could be a decent fantasy day against a, a Jets team that frankly stinks. Yeah. We got uh, Theo Riddick and Dwayne Washington back for the Lions here. So presumably they'll be able to run the ball. I still think it's lots and lots of Matt Stafford. Who, who Rick, I, I know you hate him. I, you can't still, stand him, but he's playing a good brand oh, of at least he, fantasy football. He definitely is. And, you know, you brought up Riddick. I think that benefits him. A lot of Matt Stafford still means a lot of Theo Riddick traditionally. So, and that brings us to our first question in the chat room here. We have a standard flex question: James White or Theo Riddick? Oh man, in a standard, that, that that's ugly on both. <laughs> oh man, I, I don't like that question, Rick. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go big... with Riddick. Just <sighs> to me, it's tough. I mean. We had this discussion last week in the show. I'm not convinced that White's like this must start that, that a lot of people are saying. It's just too inconsistent in New England. Yeah, I can get burned, but I really like the chances of a Riddick scoring. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think that he 
his odds to me are better there's, because there's, to me there's less options, even though they're they're definitely some high octane offenses. I think Brady likes your Gronks and your Bennett's and so forth. Right, right. On a more consistent basis, and of course you have Legarrette Blunt hawking them if they're down in the red zone. So I'm going Riddick in this situation. For me, this is a risk tolerance question, so I hate to do this and not give a direct answer. I have, you, you know how I feel about White, so I have him ranked ahead of Theo Riddick. Now a lot of it when I did these rankings. Theo Riddick was still a pretty big question mark. I don't think we knew for certain until yesterday, maybe Friday night, that Riddick was going to play. Theo Riddick will touch the ball much, much more often than than James White will. There's just absolutely no question about that. James White's ability to get in the end zone and my belief that he is going to end the year averaging a touchdown a game under Tom Brady, which he's done to this point, two, none, and one, I believe it's been so far. I think you have to with these bye weeks, you're chasing points. You probably have to take a Theo Riddick and and the options. He's going to touch the ball 15 to 20 times, or James White's going to touch the ball six or seven times. I think you have to go Riddick, but for a team like mine where where I'm struggling and I need every touchdown I can get, I'm going to go with James White, but I assume your team doesn't stink, so it probably is Theo Riddick. All righty. Okay, and we have another standard flex, and we need to – Pick a flex from Ingram, Stewart, Nelson, or Beasley. Is this bounce back week for uh, Jordy Nelson with Cobb out? You wonder. I think that's probably the way you have to go just because he's, he's the best name on that team. And and you wonder, Rick, if this was PPR, this would be theoretic or theoretic Cole Beasley, and this wouldn't even be close. I'm not messing with Ingram against Seattle. Are you? You 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 want any part or of that? Stewart against Arizona. Yeah, Stewart against Arizona. So so we can knock those two out easily. This was a PPR. I jump on on Beasley. I think you take Cobb out of the mix. There's been a lot of rumbling since last week, and I've been a part of it. You know what's going on with the rapport between Jordy. And, and and with with Aaron Rodgers, there's something up there. They have no running game. He's going to come out and throw the ball 40 or 50 more times as long as that game remains competitive late in the game. You're going to run a little bit of time Montgomery, whatever other dummies they brought up from the practice squad or brought in from the end of Kansas City's bench. I think, again, this is going to be about – I think maybe that's going to be the theme today. It's going to be about opportunity Jordy Nelson. Now, here's what's tough. You can guarantee Cole Beasley's going to catch ball seven or eight times, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and he's I, been a red zone target. He's been a goal line target for, for Dak and, Prescott right. as well. But this, this Eagles team, they're two different teams. They're nowhere near as good on the road. If they were at home, this would be easy for me. I think I'm still going to go Jordy Nelson. Right? I am too, specifically because I do like the chances of it being a track meet playing Atlanta. Right. As opposed to a grind and pound with Philadelphia and Dallas, which it could turn into. Uh, These NFC East games can fly out the window with scoring, or they can be a 17-13 game, too. Yeah, you see a lot of those, and they're hard to predict. I just have to believe you take the option of Cobb out. They're nowhere near the same player, right, Nelson and Cobb. They fill two very different roles. I don't think Jordy Nelson's healthy, but – I, I just think Dallas is playing really good defense. Cole Beasley likely – well, Des Bryant's back, so Cole Beasley won't draw the number one coverage. But at the same time, you got to try and feed 
a guy like Des Bryant if he's back. So this is oh, really yeah, close. You don't for want me. him getting pouty. I think Jordy Nelson is the higher risk pick. I can't believe I'm saying that over at Jordy Nelson, but everything the way this game's setting up, you got to give Jordy Nelson a shot because I believe Green Bay is going to do so. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers seems to listen to the noise, right? It's like the the Patriots when you start to identify a weakness over the years, and and the, they start there's a rumbling about it, you know, throughout throughout the media, and all of a sudden it seems like Tom Brady or Bill Belichick says, "Oh yeah, watch this." I'm wondering if that's what happens with the Jordy Nelson. Well, and I also um, now that the surprise run game is over with, you know. You know, they lost, they lost Lacey. They lost starts. Well, this team has no running game. Well, they found out that they did. Right, with a wide receiver. <laughs> right. So, I think that shock's over with. So, now we're going to have to pay attention to the running game somewhat. Right. That opens it up a little bit even more that way. And, and let's face it. You're playing Atlanta in Atlanta. You're going to have to throw the football because oh. Matt Ryan sure is. Yeah. And he's, he's going to complete his passes. Yeah, he's going to fling it around, and, and he's going to get his – and. As always, a big game from Julio Jones. How about running to the outside on fourth and two feet? I always love when teams do that. Yeah. Anyhow, Rick, that's awesome. We, we don't throw to Jordan Reed or something no. on a quick one. No. Yeah, if you don't want to just slam it up the middle, maybe throw to the guy who nobody can cover in the entire league. Although he may have got the first down. I, I don't know. I don't believe so. I got my back to it here. Anyhow, so Doug Martin out again. You you ready to, to relent and get yourself on the uh, on the Jaquiz Rogers bandwagon that you've been so hesitant to go to well you have to right now I mean Doug Martin is I'm not so sure that this season isn't done for Doug Martin I don't know what's going on I mean they say he tweaked his hamstring I mean this is almost getting into the time frame of a small tear yeah I haven't seen many six-week hamstring pulls before yeah everything was well, apparently he re-aggravated it practicing during the bye week. So, are you back to zero? But, but how many? Maybe a week. Usually not. At, at most, two weeks for one of these deals. So, yeah, I wonder if we're not hearing in everything. And I'm not sure. Well, of course, they wanted Doug Martin back. But Quiz Rogers is just flat getting it done. Oh, no and doubt And having a it. fantastic matchup at home against the Raiders. This is a guy, we'll get into this in our starts and sits. I think you can tell where I'm going with this. But for two weeks, his big play ability, something we, we really never saw in the limited work he got in Atlanta. Yeah, we heard about it a lot. It never really came to fruition outside of maybe the kicking game a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not sure when or if we're going to see Doug Martin. And even if we do with Sims out, I think Jaquiz Rogers, oh, this might hurt. I think when Doug Martin comes back, this isn't good news for Doug Martin owners, and it's bad news for Jaquiz Rogers owners because you got to have both these guys on the field the way they both run the ball. I'm just – I'm very, very skeptical about Doug Martin. As you know, I'm, I've owned some Doug Martin stock, and he's been sitting there on the shelf waiting to come back. And I've made deals to bolster my run game because, quite frankly, I think maybe in a couple of weeks I'm going to have to dump him because yeah. I'm not sure he's coming back. Yeah, there's something more to a hamstring pull, tweak, whatever you want to call it, that, that leads you to be out six weeks now. There, there's a lot more to that story. I agree. Let's go to a standard flex question again. Of course, now this is a flex. LeGarrette Blunt or Lamar Miller? Oh, that is so tough. So tough. Is it time we – we're not giving LeGarrette Blunt enough respect, are we, for what he's done so far? Oh, I think I have, and, <laughs> and I'm going Blunt, quite frankly. I mean – 
Yeah, really. I mean, this guy is, he's a beast right now for New England. He is uh, the Corey Dillon that they lost a few years ago that they've turned into this pound and produce running back. Yeah, they they are using him. He's putting, they're using him to put games away. He He's in the end zone all the time. He lives there. Now, you love the matchup with Lamar Miller going up against Detroit at home but he's dealing with that shoulder. I'm not sure. Are we 100% certain Lamar Miller's even playing? I'm assuming if we're getting a question in the chat room, something's come across since we went on the air or, or we're feeling pretty comfortable that he's going to go. With him being nicked up, Alfred Blue's ready to go. He's going to get some work. This could be a passing type of shootout because I think yeah, I think Detroit comes out there and throws the ball around and scores some points. Garrett Blunt's the much safer option, and I, I think that's who I'm going to start as well. That, that's pretty close when you hear about a Lamar Miller. It's so hard to sit that guy down. Oh, there's no doubt. Now, Lamar Miller insists that he is playing, but you know, I think it's still going to be up to the coaches how much he does play. And, you know, look, I mean, we're in uh, – of course, this is a standard league. I understand that. It's standard scoring. But, um, you know, LeGarrette Blunt is far ahead in touchdowns. Right. Over Lamar Miller. And even in PPR formats, he's outscoring Lamar Miller. I think it's Blunt going away, especially when it's standard. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to agree. It's still I, – I have a hard time – you know our rule, Rick, generally. And certainly I'm more steadfast with it, I think. This guy you took in the second round, this guy's your RB1. It's real hard to sit him down. But when a guy like Blunt emerges, you know, I don't know who the other running back in this equation is. If it's, it's worth talking about. But, yeah, LeGarrette Blunt. What scares you is when you're talking about New England at any time, right? At any time, they could decide it's James White's day. It's a day right. Tom Brady's going to throw the ball 78 times and LeGarrette Blunt isn't going to touch the ball. If that happens, you you got to eat it. But but for what he's been doing to this point, for what he's been in that offense, you, you got to go. Blunt. You got to ride this while you can. I agree. All right, all right. Let's move on. What do you, what do we got? Jamal Charles out for the day. I know uh, that's a big surprise, surprise to yeah. you, Rick. That, that's got to hurt you. You know, I think you revel in the fact that you were right about this over the summer. You're going to bring up the draft guide again. No, nah. but this, this is brutal. Absolutely well, he's one of my brutal. favorite players, you know, especially fantasy wise for years. And yeah, you hate to see this happen, but I'll tell you what, it, it's, there was just something just wasn't right in training camp with this cat. And, you know, when, when they come out, everything's favorable, and then all of a sudden, right before the season, well, he's had a setback. Didn't say had an injury or he tweaked it or this, that, and the other, and then he's just sitting down. And there's really not a whole lot of word coming out. You know, there's just something not right with that knee. Well, you, you got two things at play here. Number one, Spencer Ware is just flat getting it done. So, oh, so there's true, no yeah. real hurry. No there's reason. No real hurry. Number two with a Jamal Charles, he's done for the year, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. You, you start talking about swelling this far down the road. And, look, we've gotten spoiled with – Adrian Peterson started this a couple years ago when he tore his ACL. And Charles the same yeah, year. Came back seven, six, seven, eight months later. Looked like they didn't miss a beat. And lots of guys do this, but it's not the norm. This is generally a one-calendar-year injury. And even then, you know, in, in your time, this this was a, a career ender in a lot of cases. I don't think yeah. – did, did they tear as many back then? Because in my mind, this is a career ender. 
there's four or five a week now, and these guys come back in seven or eight weeks. But the point being, you start getting swelling. You've had a setback. This thing's nowhere near ready to go. And they, I think they got to sit them down for the year. Well, yeah, you have to go back. Like you said, were there as many? Probably. But, I mean, you, when was the invention of, like, the MRI? Well, that's true. Too. You know what I'm saying? And, and you look at surgeries. Uh, you look at Joe Namath's knees. I mean, a scar, you know. Oh, yeah, the old train tracks. Well, yeah, yeah everybody, exactly. all those guys. I'm, I'm jealous when I got mine done. They do all that. What's the thing where they just go in there with the camera? Microscopic. Whatever they, yeah, yeah, whatever they I was disappointed because I like the train tracks. I always thought that looked cool when all those guys have them. You don't have that anymore. No, exactly. And, you know, it has come – leaps and bounds over the old days look that's you know it was the artificial turf that um, of course they were still using the old metal cleats and gail sayers caught his on a seam tore his knee up done you know what i mean i mean when they tore the knee up back then you were basically done i can't now, believe it's they... not but i think they're still trying to rush them too quickly I can't believe they played football on that stuff. I, I remember being down on the field once or twice just on tours or something at the old Three Rivers Stadium as BD, Vernon Davis, going deep. Yes, he is. Has emerged as a nice weapon. That's a, you know how I feel about it. It's a him. plastic rug on concrete. Yeah, that's and, what and you, it was. And you could feel it. And I, I oh. can't believe they played football on that. All right, we are way off track there. There's just too much going on. Standard Marvin Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. Is this the week for DeAndre? I'm going to I'm gonna scoop myself, Rick. I got DeAndre as a start this week. I have to think in what could be a favorable matchup. I don't know if you ever have a favorable matchup when Brock Osweiler is your quarterback because well, he just stinks. But you're home against Detroit. You got a superstar like Hopkins. He hasn't made any noise, but you can tell just watching him play how flustered he is. I think they make – this is a gut feel, and this is why I'm taking DeAndre here and why I have him as one of my starts this week. I think they make a concerted effort to just pump the ball his way all they can. And even if half of them are catchable, DeAndre's going to make the catch. He hasn't been in the end zone in a year, it feels like. I feel like they, they, they pump the ball his way, and his matchup against Detroit is better than Marvin's matchup against Houston not a whole lot better this is a gut feel and feel free to disagree with me Rick but I, I'm going to take a chance on DeAndre this week no I understand what you're saying look Detroit's the better matchup defensively but Jones is the better play quarterback wise I mean Stafford is, is is better than Osweiler let's let's face it uh, but he's going against a Houston defense which is still fairly formidable but Boy, I tell you, it, it's it's a tough. And matchup. here's the thing: I'm going to make an argument against myself, and and we got time this morning because we don't have a ton of people on the line or anything, so so we can talk through this. Especially if this is PPR, I feel good about DeAndre. In a standard, right. league, how many of these stat lines have we seen from Marvin Jones since the 200, the ridiculous 200 yard game? Four catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Where DeAndre, I, I could see him coming out that they're having trouble getting the ball deep. DeAndre's going to have to get that touchdown. I'm sticking with it. I just got a gut feel today. But in a standard rig, I think a Marvin Jones stat line sets up a little bit better. But I, it's just a little, slightly better matchup. I'm sticking with it. I'm not backing down. I'm going DeAndre here. But it, it, it's a coin flip. I'm taking some risky plays this morning. For a guy who's been in a slump, I probably shouldn't be taking all these well, risks. It's hard to say that um, 
you know, that DeAndre Hopkins is the risky play, you know. I know, I know. But as bad as he's been, we say that, you know, let let's we we still have to face facts. Yeah, he's been very disappointing because you drafted him number one, et cetera. Et he's cetera, a first round pick. Marvin Jones is still only leading him four touchdowns to three. Right. So when it gets to that point, I think that um I think he's probably the safer play going against that Detroit defense. So I am going with Hopkins with you. I did. Don't you feel like they're going to, you're going to find a matchup where you try and get healthy, where you try and get right here, make it right for a superstar receiver. And he doesn't seem to be, I don't really know. I'm not in Houston. I don't read a lot of what's going on in Houston, but he doesn't feel like that diva guy who's making a bunch of noise, but you know what's going to start. You've got a talent like that. You have to identify the right matchup and, and try to try to make it right. So, Rick, what else? we got Tevin Coleman out versus the Packers. Could be a pretty good day for Devontae Freeman. Obviously, bad news for Tevin Coleman. Boy, they're just moving the Talk ball. Talk into the microphone. <laughs> Talk into the microphone. we got this guy sitting here, keeps looking over his shoulder at the football game, which is uh, tells me that, well, that's why nobody's listening for the same reason. They don't want to listen to this. I don't want to do this. I want to watch football. This is, this well, is a... I'll talk. You watch football. How's that? <laughs> I'll get through the injury report. I can handle it. LaShawn McCoy out versus the Patriots. Mike Gillisley all giddy about him like everybody else is. No, I'm not. They're playing the Patriots, number one. And we've talked about this many, many times uh, about the replacement coming in for somebody. Look, Gillisey isn't shady. No. So, you know, let's not think that he's going to walk right into this and, and, and start producing like Shady McCoy's done this year. No, in the bye weeks, he has value, certainly. He as has a value. good chance to get in the end zone, I, I would think. They, they, they'd probably be down 40 some point in the first half of that game. They'll get a chance to drive down a couple of times. But I'm not starting a Gillisley over any of my regular starts. No, I, I, I agree 100%. And when we get to the mailbag, that comes up a few times. Uh, Des Bryant set to make his return versus the Eagles. Talked about that a little bit earlier. Dante Moncrief will make his return for the Colts or for the Colts today against the Chiefs. Exciting for a lot of owners. I think this is really, really good for Indianapolis down the road. I think it may be bad for a Jack Doyle this week a little bit, just a few less looks, although I don't know if the tight end looks are the same as what a Moncrief looks would be. I'm sort of taking a wait and see on Moncrief for this week against that matchup. You you don't know who the Chiefs are. We watch the Steelers just run up and down the field on them, and other teams, you know, they scored. It felt like seven touchdowns last week. It's hard to know who Kansas City is, but I think I'm taking a wait and see on Moncrief. I'm putting that out there now because his name literally comes up every other question in the mailbag today. Well, and and that's the thing with um, a guy like Moncrief as opposed to a Gillisey. Um, you know, Moncrief was highly touted coming into this year, and you know this high-powered Indianapolis offense, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Kansas City's still Kansas City. You said we're not sure who they are. You're absolutely right. I mean, they're 23rd overall defense. Indianapolis is going to move the football. No, no guys. question. I think you I think you should be fairly excited with Moncrief. Today, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I'm like you. I don't. 
These returned from but injuries. But with all the buys. Well, that's true, too. See, that's, that's the thing. And I think that's why his name comes if up. If you so have an, uh, you know, an Antonio Brown and you happen to have Moncrete, too. Odell yeah. Beckham. There's some yeah. serious wide receivers. You can sit on. there and say, yeah, I, I'm jacked about this. You know, even 10 points in PPR, 12, something like that. That's a decent day coming back from a lengthy right. injury like oh, that. Oh, no, no question about it. And these return from injury games are so hard. Sometimes these guys are 100% healthy. They get them instantly integrated, and they have big games. Or you find out they're easing them back in, right? I don't know where I'd feel safer with a Moncrief. I'm not sure that Indianapolis has the option to ease him back in, you know, as witnessed by – 15 targets every week for T.Y. Hilton. There's no other option there. You, you've got a tight end named Jack Doyle, for God's sake. Tell me everything you knew about Jack Doyle before about three weeks ago. Well, I refer you, to Jack as J.D. That's your boy. Well, I yeah. understand that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for most of us, he, he's been a bit of a revelation. Point being, I don't think Indianapolis really has the option to completely ease him in, as there is nobody not named T.Y. Hilton or Frank Gore, who's a true professional football player on the offensive side of that ball. Exactly. So if he's healthy, I, I don't think he gets eased in whatsoever. Right. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We have a caller on the line here, and um, we'll probably either get an earful or whatever. But uh, area code 860, you are on. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm not going to give you an earful. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Dean from what do you Connecticut. Say, Dean? Hey, Reed, uh, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling good. I think I solved my Danny Woodhead problem. I got Booker off the waiver wire, bro. Oh man, I'd like to be in that league. Yeah. Anyways, I'm starting Booker and Christian Michael. I don't know what to do with this Lamar Miller thing, man. Because his shoulder, I don't know if he's going to split carries with Alfred Blue. So in the flex. You guys pick one of these guys. I I got Miller. I also have Sneed and Will Fuller, and I got Melvin Gordon. Which in a PPR, which one of those would you put in? Gordon, Sneed, Fuller, or run with Miller? Well, I tell you what. You know Lamar Miller. Like we, if you've been listening the whole thing, you know he's adamant about playing. But you know, I'm. I'm convinced that the coaches are going to use blue. I mean, look, they, they can ill afford to lose this guy. I mean, they're right in the heat of the division battle. And do you really want to risk Lamar Miller, you know, when the playoffs come around and rely on Alfred blue, who was whatever 3.1 yards of carry last year, something like that when he had to fill in. So Miller to me is, is kind of a sketchy uh, start. Willie Sneed, boy, I tell you what, I love Willie Sneed. I love the New Orleans offense, but we know about the inconsistencies of who Breeze goes to. He may have 10 catches and three touchdowns a day. He may have two catches and 20 yards. I don't know. To me, Gordon is a great play because he finds the end zone all the time, albeit he didn't score against Denver the first time they played. I think this game's going to be different, and I can see Gordon getting in the end zone, if nothing else, but for garbage time. Okay. What is the uh, – the uh, I forget what you call him there. <laughs> the, the, the seer. What does he say? Or is he on break? 
Oh, he was on break. He just came back. Here. I had to run into the control room. Now, now that we've gotten all fancy, and I, I had to work on your level, Dean, because w- with your amazing voice, I got to make sure it's coming through loud and crystal clear, which it is. It yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Translation. So, so he talking... went to get a beer. Well, no, a translation. Little... He went to get rid of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, so we're talking Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, or Willie Sneed, or right? Will Fuller, or Will Fuller. Okay. Ugh, yeah. yeah, bottom line, you can't take Melvin Gordon off the field. I know the matchup's bad. How many touchdowns he put up put up against him a couple weeks ago on that Thursday night? It's no guarantee, but the way the way that he's getting it done, it, we we I went on Rick screamed into the microphone about Melvin Gordon just that last week on Thursday. No, it doesn't matter who you're putting him up against. Melvin Gordon's just an every week every week start. He absolutely has to be. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and A.J. Green is doing nothing today, man. I don't think he has a catch. Kill well, me. yeah, th- those those kind of games happen. But, hey, look, uh, I dumped Blake Bortles this week and um, picked up Kirk Cousins, and, of course, Bortles <laughs> put up 39 garbage <laughs> time points for me. So there you have it. You know, I mean, it's fantasy football. A.J. Green will probably get his before this day is over with, though. Yeah, I hope so. Well, hey, man, I clawed my way back into a four. I'm in first place in a four-way tie, so. And now I got Booker I can truck out all year. It's looking pretty good. So I'll stick Melvin Gordon in there. Hey, by the way, I am going to play J.D. over Fleener, right? That's I I just can't trust Fleener, man. But. No. This matchup with Seattle, it's so hard. New Orleans moves that ball at home. Fleener is all or nothing. He's almost touchdown dependent as well. Jack Doyle, he's going to be a big part of that offense. We were just talking about before you came on what Dante Moncrief coming back means for that offense. But I think with Allen out, they still like the tight end, especially down down in the red zone. I think he's going to be more a part of the offense. Fleener's so boomer bust. This is where, you know, I'll, I'll couch it. We could be wrong any week. This could be the week for whatever reason. Fleener's a big part of that game plan. But you know you're not going to get one for 19 or, or two for 13 with Jack Doyle this week. That possibility exists with Fleener. Yeah, I, I hate because every time, every time, Dean, you call in with Fleener, he does the complete opposite of what we think. But that's why I'm just avoiding him when you got a guy as steady that you can trust as Rick Briggs' best friend, J.D., yeah, I mean, yeah, JD, but you, yeah, but you're the Fleener expert, man. You usually hit it when he goes off. You say start him. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah, and I think this week I, I'm just not – I like the tight end on the other end. I think Jimmy Graham got a little bit of a revenge gimmick going on here. I like Jimmy Graham going up against New Orleans. I'm just not messing with the Saints going up against Seattle. I'm, just, I'm not messing with Seattle. I'm done. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Hey, by the way, David Wilson, I heard you talking the other night. You yeah. were trying to – I think it was David Wilson you're talking about that got in Coughlin's doghouse. Yeah, you are absolutely right. In fact, Rick, uh, what day was it? It was like Thursday or something. Friday Friday. Friday afternoon I'm at work, and it hits me like a bolt of lightning. I I had to hurry up, drop everything I was doing, and text Briggs. I got a text that had David Wilson at about five exclamation points. It was like, oh, boy, the light bulb went off up in that head. (laughs) All right, guys. Yeah, I'm listening to your show. I got this crap muted, man. I've I've heard the whole show. All right, man, I'll let you get back to it. All right, care, we, we appreciate Good it. Luck, Good buddy. luck this week. Go JD and right, Melvin Gordon. 
All right. All right. That was Dean from up. Connecticut. Good, good to hear from Dean. Former Asylumite of the Year. That's right. We we need to bring that back, I think, as we as we get going. It's well, tough last on year Thursday. We didn't have one because we were basically on full hiatus. <laughs> we were barely getting shows put yeah, out last, with everything going on. Last so. year was pathetic and this year as we're just starting to gain traction with the and, Arena Sports Network. I think next year we're going full steam ahead. And since this is a live show, you know, you know. We might as well put it out there. I hope nothing's happened to Jersey. I mean, we usually hear from Jersey yeah. every Sunday yeah. first thing. And, uh, um, you know, we hope uh, Junior's not working too much overtime and Junior or Jersey had to go pick him up or whatever. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, that's odd. We are at uh, 1037. Maybe he's out there. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't have any questions this week. I don't know. Well, he's in Jersey, so I can't imagine he's a Redskins or a Bengals fan. We never ascertained who he's a fan of, have we? I guess I always assumed it was the Giants, but I'm Giants not sure he's ever Jets, said. I would assume, but all right, Rick. Anyway, let's get into some starts and sits this week. We need to get to the mailbag. We need to get our picks in. We got a lot to do. What else do we have? Uh, we said Des Montel, uh, Martellus Bennett, Hunter Henry still question marks. Dwayne Allen out. We talked about that. Jordan Reed is playing, obviously, as it's almost half. One thing I want to look at is, um, and I have not checked on that just you 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 pad just for a second. all right well i'm going to get into my start sits while you while you look for whatever it is you're looking for i'm going to start at the quarterback position i'm going to go through maybe one at each position here today rick we don't have a ton of ton of traffic with the game going on so we got time to do that i am really really excited about Jameis winston this week against oakland Oakland has stayed in Florida. I wonder if that's going to be a distraction. We'll get to that when we get to the game picks. I like the idea of not flying all the way back to Oakland and turn around flying all the way back to Florida. However, all the players took their took their families with them. I and why wouldn't they? Yeah, right, this exactly. is this is no criticism, but you just wonder how prepared are you for that game? You've been away from home for a couple of weeks. These NFL players aren't used to two week road trips like say a major league baseball player, an NHL player would be. I don't think that that's that big of a deal, especially most of them have their families with them and so forth. Everything's back to normal pretty much. You but, know I mean? but you look at it, they're already a bad pass defense. Tampa Bay plays well at home. Then you add in whatever, if any, distraction this would cause. Anyhow, well, I think it sets up for a huge week for Jameis Winston. He's a different player at home. He's a different player against bad defenses. Jameis Winston, I think, is a lock for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. I agree with you there. I just don't think that the two-week road trip is so much of a distraction for Oakland as Bay is a much better team than Jacksonville. Hey, you know, we well, were, there's you that know, too. Yeah. Blake Bortles and out, you know, get the Jags in there. It's a great, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to get healthy, at least fantasy-wise, and they just down the toilet they went. Tampa Bay won't. They're going to move the football. Right. They may lose the game, but they're going to move the football, yeah. and I agree with you 100%. Okay, let's go with a start here. You went with a, a quarterback. Um, gee whiz. I can't even read my thing here. <laughs> oh, there it is. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong thing. You know, I'm, I'm going with a um, running back start, and I think with the, uh, the matchup, with all the buys, let's put, I'll clarify it this way, with all the buys that are out there and with a matchup against Chicago, 
Jarek McKinnon's banged up. I think Matt Osiata's a good start. This Love week. that one. I, I agree. I think he sets up for for a big, big week. They they just got smacked right in the mouth against the Eagles last week. This is a real opportunity for that team to get healthy. You don't have McKinnon taking the carry. So here's what you have, Rick. You have as well as Sam Bradford's played this. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, these Vikings and Sam Bradford are not. They're going to want to run the ball. If you don't have Jarek McKinnon muddy in the waters, plus Chicago being a horrific defense, yeah, this is a massive week for Matt Asiata. This is a guy in daily I've loaded up on, and I, I certainly, if you have him on the end of your bench and you have some question marks, I really like Asiata. You know, for me, the running back, I'm going to hop all over. Kristen Michael, I think he's obvious against the Saints, right? The other one I have down is usually I take a one-week wait-and-see. I think I've seen enough for Devontae Booker to know. Trevor Simeon has become that game manager type of quarterback. Oh, he's going to get the ball to Thomas. He's going to get the ball to Emmanuel Sanders. But the bread and butter is going to be running the ball. No sharing carries here against a bad Chargers defense in what should be a revenge game, but considering this is the second time in three weeks they've played right. in San Diego, in my mind, shocked Denver two weeks ago. I don't know if it was shocking to you. It was shocking to me. I think they come out, they establish that ground game. You know, Booker fumbled that first time he ever touched football. We right. haven't seen any of that since. I think down the road and today, big, big thing for Devontae Booker. Yeah, and I think it's probably weighing on Devontae Booker to make good against San Diego as well. You know, after you know, that fumble, you could say what you want, but it didn't get his career started off real no, well no. against the Chargers. So. No, certainly not. So, so this gets him healthy there. How about uh, All right, whatever I'm, you want, Rick? I'm going to do a sit and uh, I'm going to stick with that game is why I'm doing that. With You may not have the option, but I'll tell you what, I'm I don't like the prospects of Phil Rivers against his defense today. And for that exact reason, the revenge factor, blah, blah, blah. I think that he is set up to be harassed. He's probably going to throw some picks. Albeit he may get a couple of touchdowns and it may even be garbage time. But yeah, he yeah. may hand off, you know, to Gordon and he may, I, I just don't like Phil Rivers prospect today. Yeah. I, I think it's too risky. Phil, if you're a Phil Rivers owner, you've got another guy in his hemisphere, right? Go with that guy. I don't know who it is. Well, with, but the thing is with the bye week you, you may not, you may not have the Eli to, to, to fall back on. And so forth. I, I had had to pull up the, the schedule again because I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, you may not have the Flacco or the Tannehill to fall back on. Well, I hope you don't have but, the Tannehill. Well, I mean, it's a backup is He's what I'm saying. Jerk, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Good, because I was bored anyhow. Yes, I agree. I actually, uh, he's on by too, Rick. Sorry. I, I, I'm sorry you can't play him this week. You broke the button. Here, let me push it for well, you. Oh, well, now Richard Sherman chimes in. What's going on here? Because he don't want to listen to you either. Yeah, I guess Richard Sherman's had enough, and he doesn't want to hear anything about Michael Crabtree. My sit of the week this week, any other opponent, Rick, any other opponent. He's a jerk. With constipated anyway, Cutler coming just, back this week. Jerk. He, I, he just <laughs> I just he's just a jerk. Are you, are you being fussy now? He's just a jerk. Well, I agree. Jay Cutler. And I'm talking about Fligger, not Jay Cutler. Jay, Jay Cut with constipated Cutler coming back. I would be excited about the prospects for an Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Alshon right. Jeffrey sort of faded to the background with Hoyer as we saw the emergence of Cameron Meredith. Now Alshon Jeffrey is Cutler's boy, and he will force the ball to him. We've seen this over the last couple of years. Any other opponent? 
Alshon Jeffrey be a start this week against the Minnesota Vikings. I ain't messing with the Minnesota Vikings, especially with a constipated Cutler out there. I'm, Alshon Jeffrey, his name comes up. We always say, you know, look, he, he's a top end. He's a star. Got to start him, burn us in the past. This is the week I can comfortably say sit Alshon Jeffrey. No questions asked. Yeah, I have a feeling this game may be really ugly. Yeah. And, and I mean ugly in a way that Chicago <laughs> – I mean – Jay Cutler just may be bored halfway through the first quarter and his thumb may hurt a little bit. And, and he may just want to, yeah, I mean, you know, look, John Fox has no choice, but to like me. I mean, yeah. he come right out and said that. I mean, what an arrogant, Yeah, I'm not even going to say, yeah, but I, I agree. That. It's bad enough. He doesn't care, but now he doesn't care. And he's angry or at least unsettled in his spot. And he makes that comment that you just referenced. And then all the rumblings come out. I don't know if it's in response to that or just in conjunction with that, that this is it with Cutler, that John Fox is done with him. This just, it's a team that has gotten completely out of control. You got a quarterback who doesn't have a good leadership skill set and a good personality to begin with coming back in a game against the best defense in the league this year, that this could be complete and utter disaster on the offensive side for Chicago. I agree. Now on a positive side, now we talked about Kansas city. You're not sure who they are. 23rd defense in the league. Indianapolis is going to move football against Kansas city. Oh, certainly. Therefore I really like Jeremy Macklin against his Indy defense. I think, yeah. I think Macklin inconsistent. Alex Smith isn't a big throw guy all the time but he can get it done if he has to i kind of like jeremy macklin's prospects with all the buys this week yeah i i I think you cannot have him on your yeah and i think that that's where it comes in he had that real nice matchup last week only average only managing a four for 40 it sort of became a, a running game type of situation with what spencer ware did you know, Travis Kelsey did nothing. They just didn't throw the ball. I agree. They're going to have to this week. And when you look at the prospects of an Antonio Brown, of an Odell Beckham, of all these guys being on by, that's where I really like a Jeremy Macklin. You know, he's not going to take an over. Is he going to have seven for a buck ten and a touch? Probably not. But I think he's going to be a nice, solid, at least flex wide receiver right. in, a, in a PPR format, which is what we're looking for this week. Yeah, with all frankly. these buy teams, I mean, that's my point. I'm not looking for a, a R, you know, WR1 or even two numbers. Look, he hasn't been over 100 yards all year long, and he's only got the one touchdown. But I think against Indianapolis this week, I, I think the, the prospects for him getting into the end zone are much better than, than previously. I, why I don't know. I mean, they they played Oakland, they played New Orleans the last couple of weeks, and he's really done nothing. But Kansas City, well, they controlled Oakland. They beat them twenty six ten. They didn't really need to throw the that football. monsoon. You almost throw that away for anybody involved in the passing games right. in that game. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I kind of like Macklin this week. All right. Flex. Wide receiver three, yeah. flex. Yeah, eight, like eight to 12 points somewhere yeah. in there, and I think you're happy with it. I'll go with a sit here, Rick, and then we'll move on to the mailbag unless you have another pressing one. I probably don't have to say it. I'm going to go to the running back position. But Mark Ingram versus Seattle. This would almost be Mark Ingram versus anybody. There's just been no commitment to run that ball whatsoever. I don't know why this comes as a surprise to us, but every offseason the fantasy community gets ourselves whipped into a frenzy about Mark Ingram, and he looks good on a couple carries. They get away from it quick. They're going to get behind early. They're going to be flinging the ball around. It's going to be a rough day, I think. 
watch New Orleans come out and just blow Seattle's doors off because Seattle obviously is. Kirk Cousins just throws a hideous interception. Well, he does that, and that, that happens. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's kind of his thing. You know, he'll come back and throw a couple of touchdowns. That, that's how Kirk, Kirk Cousins rolls. But yeah, Mark Ingram against most anybody is a sit, certainly against the Seattle defense. You've got to have better options out there. You have to. I agree. All right, Rick, let's go in. Let's predict some predict these games. We'll talk a little bit about the fantasy impacts, and we'll get into the mailbag. We do full disclosure. I did have Tennessee. I finally jumped off that Jacksonville bandwagon. You I, will, both, I will not pick them to win another game the rest of this year, and I'll be right more times than I'm wrong. You got it. I, did have, I do have Cincinnati winning this game, still completely up in the air. So let's get started, Rick. This is a tough one to figure, and I'll explain that later. But we'll start with you, Buffalo hosting the Patriots. I look for um, revenge in a big way. I like Tom Brady against this Buffalo defense. I don't think they're going to just completely blow them out of the stadium. But I think New England is a better team, and I'm going 27-17. All right, so you do have it fairly close, and this yeah. is what's tough to figure. It's not tough to figure that New England's going to win this game. It's obvious. I've got New England 44-20. Everything logically tells me they're going to come in there. Belichick hates Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan gets under his skin. There's so so much of a better team. You have the revenge factor. I, I don't know how upset you can be if you lose to a team with your third-string quarterback, but that's the way this Patriots right. organization runs. And if you beat them, they take that as a personal affront, and they're going to ruin your life after that. Here's what gets me. Vegas only has this thing at about five and a half or six. I don't know what it is. It opened up at six, and it's moved around a little bit. I've heard guys like Jaworski and a lot of these national guys saying this is going to be a close game, and a few saying Buffalo to cover and even a few saying Buffalo to win. That that doesn't compute for me. That that's the only reason this is. Uh, there's something I'm missing here. I know Ryan has probably had the most success against Belichick in, in his tenure there. <laughs> Certainly not when, Tom. When when you're going, but no, that's for sure. When you go back to his time with the Jets, you, it being at home for Buffalo, maybe that factors in. I think the Patriots blow them out, just completely blow them out. But you seem to think it's close, so you're more in line with these. You got them covering, but you're more in line with these experts. That's only what's tough to figure. So all of that to say, I think the Patriots win big. All right. So, Rick, Carolina coming off the bye, hosting Arizona coming off of what might as well have been a bye as they took a tie in the worst football game ever played. Well, it was the best defensive game I've seen in years and years and years, and and I don't mind those kind of games. What I didn't like about that game is – Million-dollar kickers can't make automatics. 24-yard field goals and, become I mean, an you issue. you see Hoshka, especially Hoshka, over um, – oh, I'm blanking on – Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. He never struck me as the automatic guy. Hoshka has, has traditionally been almost one of these guys, oh, yeah, yeah I love this guy. Hey, he looked horrible, too. Well, so, and think anyway. about the, what has to go wrong to miss a 24-yarder as bad as he missed it. Just by sheer physics, I guess, and the logic of it, if you get it over the line of scrimmage, it shouldn't have time to go 20 feet wide. It shouldn't. I don't even understand it. That's how bad that kick was. That was a duck hook. I mean, bringing a golf term into it. I mean, that was a duck hook. But anyway, that aside, Carolina is a mess. They're coming off the bye if this was last year, and say, okay, this this is going to be a great matchup. I, I'm telling you, I like Arizona. I think they're going to be fired up. I like Arizona 37-24. I'm never going to learn. 
Rick. I'm never going to learn, and I'm not going to get off this Carolina bit. They're not as bad as they've been playing. I, well, Cam Newton, you heard me Thursday. I think we still have problems there. Here's the here's what changes it for me. Here's what tilts this in Carolina's favor for me is Arizona is bad. Yeah, you know, we talk about it as good as Oakland is at it. Arizona is really, really bad coming across the country and playing that one o'clock game as you saw them just get absolutely boat raced by Buffalo earlier in the season. Arizona doesn't handle this well. The the defense has been bad in Carolina, but Carson Palmer just hasn't done anything for me. Obviously, David Johnson's the X factor here. He he can take over a game and grind one out. But I think Carolina finds a way. I got them 33-24. Frankly, I don't even have it that close, Rick. I just think Arizona is so bad coming across the country in those early games. I'm going to grip my teeth and pick Carolina again, and I think I'm about an O for picking them. All righty. All right, let's move on. Rick Cleveland, your Cleve Brownies. It's a hangover in Cleveland today, buddy. At home, taking on the New York Jets. Hey, fortunately, they still have the Indians to, to distract from their pitiful year, but, you know, they have been competitive. I think they're going to be better, like you said, uh, with McCown as quarterback. Somewhere along the line, I think it's a must win for the Jets, and, and I think somewhere along the line, Cleveland finds a way to blow this. I like the Jets 27-23. You're probably right, and all the matchups say the Jets win this game, and I suggest, Rick, you get Matt Forte in your lineup. Oh, he's there, trust if, me. If you learned that lesson, Lasley, after you see what Jeremy Hill and Joe Bernard did to Cleveland last week. All of that said, do you believe there's any chance – that Cleveland goes 0 and 16. Is there any chance that happens? Well, I guess there's a chance because they're already 0 yeah. and whatever. Yeah, there's but a chance, but I'd a... say one in way up there. Yeah. All right, so we got to start identifying games that the Cleveland Browns can win. This is one of them. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick whining and crying. He doesn't have the trust, of the, and for good reason, which he can't seem to understand with that Harvard education. For good reason, they. Do. I think there's a every chance that Fitzpatrick could get healthy here. Marshall could get healthy here. Matt Forte has a big day, and they win this one comfortably. But I've got to find games Cleveland can win somewhere. This is one of them. So somehow, some way, I got Cleveland twenty to fourteen here. Hey, and it it's not going to surprise me if if they win again. Look, we have to go through the schedule. You're right. They're at home against the Jets. It's winnable. Next week at Baltimore, that's winnable. At home against Pittsburgh. Believe it or not, I hate to say it, but it's probably a winnable game the way Pittsburgh lets inferior well, teams yeah. hang around. After that, they're at home again against the Giants. That's winnable. We've seen the Giants, yeah, right? right? Then they I have a bye. Then they're at home yet again with Cincinnati. Always winnable against the Bengals. Yeah. They're winnable when you look at them, but they're going to lose them. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, and you just have to pick the one or two that they will. At Buffalo, I write them off. At home against San Diego, I don't think they can beat San Diego. They They don't have the firepower. They can't keep up with it. And at Pittsburgh, in in a home finale, they're not going to beat Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh probably. That that game, every year it feels like Pittsburgh needs that last win to get in the playoffs, right? And it's always against Cleveland. Right. <laughs> and they beat them by 40 every every single time. It, this scenario sets up a lot. All right, Rick, we've talked a good bit about this game already. Houston hosting Detroit. This is an intriguing game. Albeit not two bad teams, but an intriguing game nonetheless. It's a, it's a very intriguing game. Well, look, they're what? They're both over 500, I believe. So, I mean, it, they're not that bad. They're, they're very competitive teams. 
I'm taking Houston. I don't know why. I like Matt Stafford much better. I like the Detroit offense better, but I like Houston's defense better. I'm going Houston 30, Detroit 28. Yeah, Houston finds a way to win these games at home. They're not good enough to win them. And Detroit finds a way to lose these games on the road. To be a playoff team, you got to win a few games on the road. And you look, if you're Detroit, you're looking, you try to identify one at Houston with that pathetic offense is one of them. That's not what Detroit does. And somehow Houston ekes out these ugly wins at home. So I agree. I got the Texans 27-23. All right, Rick, the Colts hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. We spent a ton of time on this one as well. Yeah, and I think this could be a fairly high-scoring game. I think both teams can move the football. I didn't know what to do with this. I actually wanted to take Indy at home, but I think Kansas City's the better team. So I'm going Kansas City 27-24. Everything I was going to say about this game, (laughs) you you nailed it. I wanted to take the Colts at home. You know it's going to be close. It's going to be a little bit wild. But at the end, Kansas City, City, I give them no love. And all they've done is win 80% of their games going back the last 16 or 17 games going back back to last year. So I'm not going to do it again. I I got Kansas City 33-30. I think it's wild. It's entertaining. It's close. But Kansas City gets it done in the end. All right, New Orleans hosting Seattle. This is my upset special of the week. This is a gutsy pick. I'm taking New Orleans at home. Um, I think they're going to come back and actually – somehow make a comeback win. I'm going New Orleans 27-24. I thought about it, Rick. I don't like Russell Wilson's – he just doesn't seem to be Russell Wilson yet. Well, they're listing him. He's got a knee injury. Plus, he's got a pectoral injury. I heard heard somebody – I think it was just a blogger or something on one of the 7,000 podcasts I listen to every week saying there's speculation that it's a torn pectoral. It couldn't be completely torn because that puts guys out for the year. But it's a more significant injury, and he's just gutting it out and playing through. Plus, they didn't play good offense before all that, and and it's a long trip, and they they sort of struggle on those trips as well. But somebody who isn't struggling is that defense in Richard Sherman in that secondary. So I think you see Drew Brees making some mistakes, even though he's putting up the big numbers. So I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to take Seattle in sort of a low-scoring close game. I've got it 26-21. Don't ask me how Seattle gets to 26. I just like to do that sometimes. But I wouldn't be shocked if New Orleans won this game. I won't come on here on Thursday and say, whoa, how did that happen? But I think I'm since after taking Cleveland, I sort of played it safe the rest of the way in my picks, Rick. Well, yeah. It, you know, one of the big telltale signs of Russell Wilson this year, at 33 yards rushing, that is – that's just not yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. And now you add a pectoral on top of that, which is going to help or hurt the throwing part. Well, you're taking away a couple of dimensions right. of Russell oh, Wilson, no and Drew Brees isn't suffering right now. No. That's why I went for the upset. Yeah, this and uh, I, I don't hate it, Rick. The, the, this one I really am looking forward to watching. It's going to be look like those 50 to 49 college games. I think is Tampa Bay hosts Oakland. Yeah, I'm going Oakland. I think this is going to be a, a, a tighter game than – and defensively, I think it's going to be a little tighter than what a lot of people expect. I, Oakland's been shut down, surprisingly, by different defenses this year. And Tampa's offense has exploded, but then they've been kind of lackluster. I'm going to Oakland 28, Tampa 20. Yeah, this this one's tough to figure. I, I told you what I thought about the, the two-week road trip, the staying in Florida. We, we won't rehash that. 
I agree with you. Oakland hasn't been quite as explosive. Oakland is really good. Unlike Arizona, I picked against them because they're not good at traveling east. Oakland has been really good at traveling east. Right. He's been really good on the road. All that being said, there's enough offense here in Tampa. And this is what it comes down to. And I make picks based on this. And this burns you sometimes, but this works more often than not. Oakland's sitting 5-2 and two right now. They win this game on the road out in Tampa. Now you're sitting 6-2. and two. You're setting up for a 10-6 and six season, right, or 11-5 and five season. Right. I'm not sure Oakland's that team. With that bad a defense, I'm not sure that team, that they're that team. So i got to find losses here. I think across the country in Tampa Bay, you've been there for two weeks hanging out, with, hanging out at Disney with your kids. I just think Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and Jaquiz Rogers finds a way. There's a lot of weapons there in Tampa Bay, and I think Tampa wins this thing 31-24. All right, Rick, Denver hosting San Diego, playing for the second time in three weeks, one of those fun scheduling oddities you see now and again. Yeah, there's no question about that. That uh, This, this to me, is, is a revenge game, even though it's only been, what, three weeks, two or three weeks. I like Denver. And, you know, Phil Rivers was one of my sits if you can afford to do that. But I'm going Denver 24, San Diego 18. I think this uh, defense clamps down pretty hard on uh, San Diego today. Yeah, I got 23-20. It's kind of a grinded out. Trevor Simeon just isn't going to take it up and down the field. You're not going to see this devolve into any type of shootout. But I got Denver at home as well. All right, th- this one's going to be fun, Rick. Atlanta hosting Aaron, the resurgent Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I think uh, some of these injuries are going to uh, tell on Green Bay. They're going up against a very high-powered offense with Atlanta. They're in Atlanta, and I'm going Atlanta 30, Green Bay 27. Before you get going, I have never seen such pathetic kicking as I have in 2016. Well, that was a 55-yarder, Rick. He just left it a little bit short. He put it right down the middle. I don't care. It's 55 yards. I don't care. You couldn't walk a ball 55 yards. Oh, no, I couldn't. <laughs> but then again, they're not paying me well, millions of true. dollars. Well, that's true. Nobody's paying you millions Well, you're right about that. So, yeah. and, and I'm not specifically saying that one, but it seems like every time you look at a field goal, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's no good. Cincinnati missed one here earlier. Exactly. Uh, it, right. Yeah, it's ugly. Kicking's bad. It's even worse in college if you watch it. Oh, college. that is just good horrid. Lord. All right, what are we talking about? Green Bay at Atlanta. All right, Atlanta – Rick, we forget. We're, we're getting all whipped into a lather about Atlanta. And they looked really good to start out. You remember what they started last year, Rick? You remember? 5-0. and oh. Do you remember watching them in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. well, no. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Here comes the swoon, I think. You got a bad beat in Seattle in a game you could have won, that horrific pass interference on Richard Sherman that wasn't called, that cost them that game. Then you go out and lose just a terrible loss last week. You're going for that fourth and one in your own territory in overtime against San Diego in a game you were up 17 at one point. I think the swoon has become for has come for Atlanta. Green Bay has found something with just letting Aaron Rodgers fling it around 80 times a game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be entertaining. But I got the Packers on the road 27. And finally, a Sunday night game worth watching, Rick, is Dallas host Philadelphia. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. I, I think it's going to be a barn burner. I'm going Dallas 24, Philadelphia 20. And I tell you what, this is one of these games. Now, we, we talked about Tony Romo and so forth. Philadelphia pulls this one off. You're already going to hear the rumblings. Oh, yeah. You're already hear the rumblings. But I still like Dallas. I think they're a very good team this year. 
Yeah, I, what gets lost in everything that Dak Prescott's done, plus this rumbling about Tony Romo in the background, and in what Ezekiel Elliott's been done, which has been nothing short of, of amazing, is how good this Dallas defense is playing. And we've seen Carson Wentz. Look, Carson Wentz is a, profession, a good professional quarterback. He's going to be around for a long time. Is he ready to go on the road, take on a defense like this, take on a team like this? these Dallas Cowboys? I don't think so. I think the Dallas Cowboys are for real. I want, and I have never in my life, not one time rooted for the Philadelphia Eagles to win a football game. However, this is the week I'm going to do it just because as somebody who does a talk show and has to yell into this microphone four hours a week, I want to have that Tony Romo conversation that it's going to be so much fun as that starts to build up. Because you're right, one loss by Dak Prescott, they're going to say, well, pull the plug. It's yeah. time for Tony Rome. I want to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I really don't. No, I agree. I mean, and the key to it is, you know, Dallas has a third overall offense. They're number one in the rush, 161 yards a game. They're 19th in the pass. Okay, their defense is 10th against a rush, giving up less than 100 yards a game translating is Dak Prescott doesn't have to beat Philadelphia. Right. Carson Wentz has to beat Dallas. That's the key. And with that offensive line that Dallas has, I think they have their way as far offensively goes, whereas Carson Wentz gonna, is going to have to make something happen. And I like Dallas. His and, chance is better. And we talked about it Thursday. They dominate teams in, in Philadelphia when they go on the road. I know the score was close two weeks ago, but they got dominated in Washington two weeks ago, Rick. They are two different teams home and away. So I, I got Dallas 24-17. Should be an entertaining game. And, Rick, I know you're going to stay up for this one to watch the Minnesota Vikings host the Chicago Bears on Monday night. Yeah, i probably stay up the first half and then it'll probably be over i'm going minnesota 30 chicago 17 yeah i got 31 9 you know, chicago <laughs> yeah. gets to 17 jay cutler i could just see him walking off the field into the tunnel in the middle of a play the, yeah. the way his attitudes work right. all right rick let's get to that mailbag the games at halftime so i can concentrate and really think and answer some questions and provide some solid fantasy no, knowledge you're not yet. going to think don't try to kid well, anybody. They, they don't pay me to think rick all right, into the mailbag. Let's start with this one right here. Pick two, Rick. Full point PPR. Frank Gore. How did this happen? Anyhow, he must be in. Uh, anyhow, Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Booker. You know, I could certainly see how Booker got in there. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he may be in days and confused league. That's only what I'm three teams anyway. So, but. Um, you have to start two. You only get two in a full point PPR. You know, I am going to go. Mm. Boy, I tell you what, that that that's a tough. One. I'm going to throw Gore out. Yeah, he's a he's a easy out. Um, yeah, I, Murray's the easy out. We'll see that with these other names on the list. I got to go Gordon and Booker. Yeah, I mean, I think Murray's close to a Gordon, quite frankly, in full point PPR because I think I think there's more opportunity for Oakland. Right. That's why I like Latavius Murray, quite frankly, and and but I, I think I'm going Gordon and Booker. The best two matchups are Michael and Booker, right? But I'm just I'm not. I I said no, it to it's not Dean. Michael. What? He doesn't have the best matchup against New Orleans. Yeah, but Michael's not one of the guys. Yes, he is. 
Frank you, Gore, Christine Michael, Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon. Oh, you Devontae never said Booker Michael when you said the I question. I certainly did. No, you didn't because you're an idiot. Okay, now, <laughs> that changes everything. Doesn't it, though? Michael starts. Right. Guaranteed. And so the question becomes, can we sit down Melvin Gordon for Devontae Booker? We yeah. probably should. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Rick. Full point PPR, I think I am. Well, yeah. I think I will, quite frankly. I Just because of how I feel about the game against this Denver defense. I think I will go Michael Booker. Yeah, Michael's easy. You know, what, what, what I said to Dean and what, what I'm sure you said to Dean while, while I was running around, you, know, you can't, even with a bad matchup, you can't sit down Melvin Gordon because he's going to get in the end zone. But what if he doesn't, I guess, right? You know Devontae Booker's going to touch the ball 100 times. This, this, is, this is Michael, this is Booker, but I have a real hard time sitting down Melvin Gordon. All right, Rick, who to start? We need a wide receiver, two, and a flex. So basically we need two of these three. All right. Michael Thomas, okay. Will Fuller, and Dez. This is easy for me. I'm sitting Dez Michael Thomas. I'm sitting Yeah, Thomas. Dez and Fuller for me. I love what he's been doing, but like I said, I, I ain't messing with Seattle this week, even on the road in New Orleans on that defense. So, yeah, that, that's pretty easy for me. I've got Fuller and Bryant as well. All right, we need one flex in a standard league. Mike Gillisley, Terrell Pryor, Dante Moncrief. Well, it's definitely between Pryor and Moncrief. Yes, I agree. Um, You know, I, I'm going to go prior. Yep, I'm I just you. think he's the save for Crowell and, and Barnage somewhat, but very inconsistent. He's the only weapon Cleveland has, the only big play guy. So I'm going prior. Yeah, I think they're going to win this game. So that's number one. I know that's clouding my my choice well, here. That's true. And if they're going to win the game, it's going to take a whole lot of whole lot of Terrell Pryor to do it. We talked about Dante Moncrief enough. You never know what to make of these guys coming back from a, from a long injury. And your point's well taken. They are, other than Crowell, Terrell Pryor is the only weapon this team has. So, yeah, I think this is Terrell Pryor as well. All right, Rick, we need to sit one of these in a state. No, we don't because Randall Cobb was on the list. And of okay. course, I don't think we got it to the top of the show. He is out this week. Okay, so let's that, sit Cobb. Yeah, let's sit – we're going to get that one right, Rick. You Because it, it was Randall Cobb, Des Bryant, Terrell Pryor, and Michael Thomas. I recommend sitting Randall Cobb. I, I almost guarantee you he takes a zero today, Rick. Rick, I'm going to have to agree with you on that point. We're I, gonna pod I that believe one. I'm going to sit um, Randall Cobb in this week, and you'll start the other three. Yeah. We're going to pod that up and play it back next yeah, week. Yeah, there we Rick, go. Tell everybody we were right. All right, quarterback question. Rick Carson Palmer, Alex Smith. Can't believe this is a good question, but it is. It's a very good question. I'm still going to have to go Palmer. I, I, I'm Carolina's defense hasn't really. No, they've been terrible. Stifled anybody? Statistically, they've been okay, but they've been giving up too many big plays at the wrong time. I'm just going to – I know you may disagree because you hate Arizona coming east, but I'm going to have to go Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, David Johnson. I mean, you just, and it's just – it's Arizona. I, I think they're a better team, and I like – I just like Palmer's chances better than Alex Smith. Yeah, it, it's not about Carson Palmer so much for me. I think there's every chance he comes out and has a replay of that game he had – 
in Buffalo. That's a game that's really sticking in my head, and I believe we've seen Arizona play that game on the East Coast more than once. But this is about Alex Smith for me. Look, he's got a great matchup. He really does being in Indianapolis, that horrific secondary. And, and this is why the question's being asked, I'm certain. But I'm never, just never going to trust Alex Smith, especially at this point in my fantasy season. I'm certain you need a win. You've got to go with Carson Palmer here. The upside is so much higher. The the floor is so much lower for an Alex Smith. And this, this becomes a referendum on Alex Smith for me that in fantasy football circles, you absolutely can't trust them. So, Rick, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Carson Palmer. I don't feel good about it either way, quite frankly, but you know, your chances of disaster are probably less with a Carson Palmer. All right, Rick, where are we at here? We need three of these folks in a PPR. So, basically, we just need to sit one, because I believe there's four. So, we're just sitting one. Boy, these same names keep popping up. This is funny, Rick. But it's Michael Thomas, Terrell Pryor, Mike Gillisley, or your start of the week, Matt Asiata. So for you, Rick, I know this comes down to Thomas and Gillisley. I got to sit uh, Gillisley. I, I'm just not confident Buffalo's against New England, and Gillisley certainly isn't shady. So I am going to sit Gillisley. You know, at first blush, I was going to go Michael Thomas here, and I didn't get to him. He was certainly on my sit list this week, my second wide receiver I sat. But I think I'm going to agree with you. Michael Thomas, even in a bad matchup, you assume Cooks is going to get Sherman, right? They're going to throw the ball 50 times. That's just what New Orleans does. So there's going to be a few opportunities out there for Thomas. It's going to be a struggle. He's been finding the end zone lately, even in bad games. He's, you know, a two-catch for 25-yard and a touchdown guy. They're going to get in the end zone. So, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Gillisley. For all the – with Booker rolling in this week and all these secondary running backs who, who could have decent weeks this week, Gillisley's at the bottom of that list for me. They're, they're going to bring other cats in there carrying the ball. You're going to see a lot of – a lot of. Uh, my mind just went blank there. But anyhow, Rick – yeah, this is Gillisley. It's close for me, but I will play Thomas over him. Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, his chances, you know, especially – Tyrod that, Taylor, I completely blanked on freaking Buffalo's quarterback. Yeah. And the, the thing about Thomas is his worst output so far this year has been 44 yards. And he happened to have a touchdown in that game. So, I mean, he is – pretty much steadfast in a PPR format, you're going to get double digits out of this guy. Yeah, yeah. And even though he may not be the focal point like he was last week against uh, Kansas City, you know, getting 130 yards, he's still good for 50, I would think. Probably four or five catches. I mean, right Probably. there in PPR, you're double digits. Yeah. Gillisey, I don't know what to get at, nah. expect out of nah. him. Yeah, I, I just uh, yeah, it, it's tough to say. All right, Rick, we got a standard league. We need to start one wide receiver out of him. This is so tough. It would have been real obvious any other week, but this is tough, Rick. Alshon Jeffrey, okay, John Brown, Dante Moncrief. Notice a theme with the Moncrief. I'm starting Moncrief. I think I am here, too. John Brown, he's going to be back, but he's coming off that concussion, then dealing with the whatever the effects of that sickle cell trait were that they discovered. Alshon Jeffrey just no, 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 no this week. Oh, he'll probably have 130 prob- yards this week. Probably. Cutler and him will hook up, and all of a sudden, oh, should have Jay Cutler in the whole time. Yeah, probably, but I'm not doing it here. I'm going to agree with you, Rick. This is Dante Moncrief. 
All right, we need a flex PPR. We are notice this name again, Michael Thomas or Ty Montgomery. Thomas. This is Montgomery for me. The way they got him involved last week, why wouldn't you keep doing it? Now there's the risk. Because New Orleans is my upset pick of the week. Well, that's this true. Week, so so you're, I'm going Thomas. You're, you're all in. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to go Montgomery here. They keep finding ways to get him the ball. It is dynamic. I worry about the element of surprise has gone this week. I think they surprised the defense with that last week. Atlanta's going to know better what to expect out of that. But I'm going to write. I'm going to go with it. I think he's what he can do passing the ball. They're going to find good running situations for him. So we will disagree on that. I one. just don't like these surprise guys. Yeah, because everybody jumps on right, the, on right. the guy. Richard Sherman can only cover one person. Drew Brees can go anywhere he feels like, and, and that's why I kind of like Thomas in in this match. Yeah, here. yeah, you're, you're you're right. I'll give you that. So I like Montgomery's going to touch the ball a billion times. True. I think is why I make that decision. All right, this this one's I know which way you're going, but this one's tough for me. With Rick Jaquiz Rogers, Devontae Booker, they do not say if it's a PPR or a standard, unfortunately. You know. I think I'm going to go Booker, but very, very close. You can talk me into quiz in a heartbeat because he's the guy. Right. Simple as that. And he's been performing well. I've got back-to-back 100-yard games wrapped around a bye week, which makes a difference for me for a Jaquiz Rogers against a bad defense. And I got Devontae Booker, who I bad defense i've seen quiz do it twice that's why i'm gonna go there i think this is flip a coin you're a winner either way quite frankly i'm gonna go rogers slightly just i feel safer with him because i've seen him do it twice this will be the first time we're seeing booker in that number one role do i think he can handle it do i think he's gonna have success absolutely but i know jaquiz can that's why i'm gonna go there all right all right let's go on how we need two wide receivers in a standard league jordy now all right, Jordy. Jordy, Will Fuller. Does that name come up a few times? Yeah. I let you guess what the last one is, Rick. Go ahead and guess. Moncrief. No. Oh. Um. Oh, Pryor. No. Uh, You're get... getting there. There's one more left. Michael Thomas. <laughs> oh, <right>? yeah, Michael <laughs> Thomas. Okay, now we're picking one. We're, we get two, so you got to sit one down. For standard? Yes, a standard league. I'm going to go Nelson. Thomas. I'm going to go Nelson Fuller. I'm going to get burned burned on this Thomas. I mean, look, I've got him in the caveman league, and he's on the bench. I'm starting Stephon Diggs over him. What do you think of that? Well, you know how I think about it, because I've I've taken New Orleans, have a pretty good day against that Seattle defense. I'd have to go Thomas over Diggs, even though that's a great matchup against uh, Chicago. I certainly can't fault you for that. I mean, the, the opportunities there for Minnesota to have a big day. I, that's what I think it is. In this one, I mean, Fuller and Thomas are 1A and B. I don't expect huge things for Fuller. Like I said, I expect this to be a DeAndre Hopkins game. Let, let, let's make it right for DeAndre. But I'm still Fuller's big playability here is, I think, what sets it apart for me. So everybody's just going to have to pick. Are you on the side of me or on the side of Briggs with this Thomas thing? Because right. I don't think we've agreed, but maybe one time. Right. All right, we need a wide receiver, two and a flex. So we need two of these, Rick, and a PPR. All right. The aforementioned Stephon Diggs. Okay. Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Dante Moncrief. Moncrief. Devontae Adams. Jonathan. 
Okay, Jay Stu's out. Yeah. He was my one. He was one of my uh, running back sits. Terrell Again. Williams is out easily. I think I'm not messing with the San Diego pass game against Denver. So this comes down to right. Diggs, Moncrief, Adams for me. I'm going Diggs, Moncrief. I don't. I, Devontae Adams had that huge game last week, but. How many of those kind of games have you had out of Devontae Adams? One. That's how many exactly. you've had. So I'm going to agree, Rick, 100%. I got Diggs, Moncrief. Adams is intriguing. Did they find something there? Cobb being out? You know, that, that's intriguing. But I don't know. I'm not ready to trust it yet. I'm willing to let those points sit on the bench one more week. And I, I agree. I'm going to go Diggs and I'm going to go Moncrief. All right, quarterback question. Your boy Dak or Russell Wilson? I'm going Dak. Wow. Only because there's We can't a, agree on anything this week. Well, I mean You know the good part about this though, Rick. Okay, I'm when, looking at okay, I pull up fantasy scoring and you know the site that we're on. Right. The first page has twenty five names on it. Russell Wilson's not there. Oh, you're right, you're right. There's something wrong with Russell Wilson. He can't move like he normally does, which is the dimension that really makes him really effective in the pass game. Now you add the pectoral. I'm going with a healthy guy with a great run game over him. I, I, that's I may get burned on that. God knows I've been burned a million times this year. But I think I'm going with the healthy Dak over a banged-up Russell Wilson. You're right and everything. So, number one, let me say this is excellent that we can't agree on anything because we can claim we are right on everything exactly. when the week's over. <laughs> exactly. Right. We yeah. won't say who. As a show, that. as yeah. a show, we predicted all of these right. <laughs> Not necessarily unanimously, but as a show, we pre- so this is really good. Maybe this should be our plan going forward. That's it. Everything you said right. But Dak Prescott's your true game manager, right? Not a ton of touchdowns. Russell Wilson's been bad. If you're going to get healthy, it's going to be against New Orleans. So I'm going to I'm going to go Russell Wilson here just for the ceiling. I wouldn't be surprised if their numbers wind up close. And where I feel good about taking Russell Wilson here is I don't foresee any circumstance where there's a big cat big chasm between what Prescott and what Wilson does. If Wilson plays poorly, he's going to be pretty close within five points either side of Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson could remember he's Russell Wilson. Maybe he's healthier than we think. We're making too much of these injuries and have a huge game against that pathetic defense that New Orleans has. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson for the upside here because I think the low end for Russell Wilson is going to be within five points of Dak Prescott. That's why I go with Russell Wilson. Okay. I mean, you know, right. the, the asylum will be right. Yes. No question about <laughs> yeah, it. I love this. But, uh, this is good. This is good. Good for business, Rick. This is what best for business. I business. like it. <laughs> business. All right. What do we got here? Well, that's uh, that get one uh, Tyler's already playing. All right. Flex question here, Rick. Full point PPR. Apparently, we only get one. I'd like to have this problem. Your boy Latavius Murray. Okay. Devontae Adams again. Willie Sneed on this juggernaut New Orleans team that you're in love with, or the suddenly resurgent Golden Tate? PPR, you said? It's a, yes, a full-point PPR. Latavius Murray. Whoa, what? Yeah. Look, I mean, we, we talked about um, Oakland playing Tampa Bay. They're good on the road. I think they're going to move the ball. Latavius Murray, 
He can catch the ball. He can run the football, and I think he's going to find the end zone this week. Yeah, we Sneed's out for me. You know how I feel about that game. I don't trust Devontae Adams. So this comes down to Murray and Tate for me. You know what? After I sort of gave you the business there a little bit, I think you're right on it this one. It is surprising. Because he's going to get in the end zone. Because it's Golden Tate. Is it going to be a Golden Tate day, or is it going to be a Marvin Jones day? Or are they going to struggle at throwing Or is it going to be Anguan Bolden? Or, or, yeah. I think they're going to struggle. They, they they don't play well on the road in games they should win, right? Those are the ones where you look up in the fourth quarter and they've got 13 points. You Somehow Matt Stafford has 280 yards, but none of the receivers have any numbers, and they've scored 13 points. Yeah, I'm going to go Murray just because I'm guaranteed a touchdown here. Nobody else on that list guarantees me a touchdown. Right. I can't believe I'm doing it. When you first said it, I was going to throw my pen at you and call you a fool. And you just, you're so in the tank for Latavius Murray. But I think you're right on this one. I'm going to agree with it. I can't believe that. We're going to go back uh, real quick. Um, fantasy scoring. Do you know who Russell Wilson is in between in fantasy scoring? It's just, not going to be pretty. Go ahead and tell me. I can't guess. Trevor Simeon. Brock Osweiler. Yeah, okay, that's not good company. No, that's, <laughs> that's not just, where you want to be. Just wanted to throw that you, little you, tidbit out there. I like that. <laughs> that's not the party you want to be invited to. All right, Rick, let's get moving here. we got a few minutes left. Half-point PPR, shocker, Dante Moncrief or James White at the flex? Moncrief. Yeah, I'm going to go Moncrief as well. All right. Uh, I don't tell. I don't even pe- think that's close to me. I, I don't – I love James White, don't get me wrong. But there's too much inconsistency there. With Indianapolis, Moncrief, if he's healthy, and that's that's the thing you really don't right. know, I, I just think the ceiling for him is, is high. It seems to me they took their time bringing him back, right? So and There's your boy Tyler Eifert just scored. Oh, man, I might have to get him off my bench here if he <laughs> starts scoring a touchdown and a half a game again. This game could have set up really well for me. If it, well, I, Bernard got started some of these guys. Yeah, well, that's all right. I got uh, – Jordan Reed in a bunch of I, leagues. and I benched Alan Hearns. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. All right, Rick. Uh, where were we at? We're on Moncrief White. Yeah, I agree with Moncrief. I love James White. I think he's going to get in the end zone again. But Moncrief, like you said, if he's healthy, he's going to have eight or nine targets at a minimum this week. So I think that's pretty easy in a PPR. All right, Rick, standard league, staying, on, staying in the Packers organization, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, I'm going to go Jordy here. I'm not ready to give up quite yet. If he puts up another clunker, I'll completely jump off the bandwagon, but I'm going to go with Jordy. All right, PPR flex. Now, this guy is in bye week hell, Rick. Okay. PPR flex. Niall Davis. Okay. Dwayne Washington. Oh, Lordy. Or Jordan Howard, which should be the obvious pick, except he's playing Minnesota. I'm still going Howard, even though yeah, I think yeah. he was one of my sits. He's going to touch the ball more than either of those other two yeah, companies, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're just screwed this week. You know, bye weeks bit you. That, yeah. It happens. Hope for a big quarterback wide receiver day, apparently. Yeah, maybe Jordan Howard busts a screen, maybe finds the end zone yeah. somehow. But but Washington's fighting with Riddick for for all his work. I don't. I think Washington's the least healthy of the two, from what I've read. And, and Niall Davis, come on. Yeah, unless they're up twenty, he's not getting right. that game. I got a question for you. All right. Does the NFL actually believe that 
Shanahan and and Sean Payton and, and Ron Rivera are out disguising themselves, <laughs> seeing if someone's <laughs> buying the tickets off the NFL site. Yeah, I don't get this. <laughs> well, you know what it irritates me with this, Rick? And we're about through the mailbag. We're out of here, anyhow. But I do want to say this: what irritates me is they talk about you got to go to this ticket exchange because it's less shady. Did you ever yeah. go on the ticket exchange for anything? No, Rick? I'm not going to a game. They are bigger. Uh, they allow bigger up charges than StubHub does. Across the board well, for, for the everything. NFL. So they act like this is, you know, but they, they act like you go on there. And I think when it originally started, the, this ticket exchange, they were only allowed like a 10% bump for your incidentals to make this transaction happen. And nobody used it because you could go to eBay or you could go to StubHub and charge four times what it's worth if you could get that money for it. Now they come out, that didn't work. So then they just opened it up and became the Wild West. And it is by far the most expensive of the ticket resellers, right. but they act like that's the good and honest way exactly. to do it. Exactly. And just going back to my point about horrible kicking, you know, Cincinnati missed their extra point. Did they really? So I just wanted you to, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's disgusting. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. Let's do one more. All we right. got about a minute and a half left here. I'm going to find a good one. Uh, so, all right, here we go. Start two. PPR. Brandon Cooks, Dante Moncrief, Cam Meredith, Devontae Adams. Cooks and Moncrief. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's not even close. I, I don't trust Meredith with with uh, bored, constipated Jay Cutler, and who was the last one there? I even forget. Adams. Adams yeah, Adams. I, I'm just not believing in his that one game yet. So yeah. I mean, I think it's Moncrief. And, so even though words accuse people of jumping on Moncrief coming back, we're jumping on him a lot. Yeah. yeah that he's going to be in every play and perfectly healthy. Yeah, so you, he'll come out and he'll he'll get nicked on his first, yeah, his first attempt and it'll be over. But right. I think based on these matchups, I feel pretty good about it. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us, the two of you that did, here on a football Sunday morning. This is the last one, so hopefully we get the whole crew back next week. Check us out Thursday, Arena Sports Network, the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, arenasportsnet.com, asylumfantasysports.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter. We'll be back Thursday or next Sunday, week nine on the slant. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. I need to get that queued up. I have ordered the album, Rick, so once I have it in, we'll get it loaded in, and it'll be all Johnny Reed all the time. All right, I'm going to watch football. I haven't tried it again. I tried it uh, a day or two.